Welcome back to another episode of Everything Executive Coaching. This is Kim Addis. Let's get started. All right, Kim. So last episode, you really unpacked your definition of coaching, of specifically executive coaching. And I I loved how you went into those four sort of issues that is pretty common for leaders, senior leaders to face. But in this episode, we're really going to dive deep on why coaching matters. Now, obviously, it propels growth. But what happens when we get coached? And how does that benefit us? Let's get into that. So why, why do you think coaching matters so much? Well, look, how many hours a day do you spend with yourself? All of them. All of them. I know it's <laughs> facetious, right? But you're spending 24 hours a day with you. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to me how little time individuals give to themselves to really, yes, you're with yourself 24 hours a day, but how much do you stop and think about how you're thinking, about how you operate, about how effective you are, about why you're behaving the way you are? Most of us operate on autopilot, right? We just get up and we go through our days and we interact and we do very, very little self-reflection. Sometimes we toil Sometimes we have anxiety about what just happened. Oh my God, that conversation, it was terrible. Oh my God, what does he think about me, right? All of that stuff. But we don't really stop and think about our patterns of behavior, our beliefs, our thoughts, our expectations. We don't stop and think. So what is the purpose of coaching? Coaching is there, specifically designed to help you carve out some time for you to do some self-reflection. And critical self-reflection, you're living with yourself all day, every day, for the rest of your life, you are worth taking some time to really examine, am I getting to where I want to go? Am I living the life I want to be living? Am I as effective as I want to be as I want to be? Am I having the kinds of relationships that I have been hoping to have? Am I communicating in a way that leads me to outcomes I am seeking? But people don't give themselves the time to do that. They experience frustration, but they don't stop and think clearly about their role in their own lives. They don't stop and think, hey, I'm thinking nonstop. Is my thinking actually aligned with my goals? Or is my thinking taking me away somewhere else to where I don't want to be? So why is coaching important? Because coaching gives an individual, a leader, an entrepreneur, an executive, an opportunity to stop and say, am I even headed in the right direction? Is what I'm doing day in and day out leading to me where I want to be? And that's why coaching is so important. Do you think that someone might be listening to us speaking about that and think to themselves, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, that's very confronting. I'm not sure I'm like I'm uncomfortable with with having those kinds of conversations, even if they're just with myself. Yeah, I mean, you're experiencing discomfort anyways, mm-hmm. right? Why are you experiencing discomfort? Because you're not getting to where you want to be. Because you're living a life where you're kind of saying, you know, there's all these things happening. I'm not really satisfied, right? We're talking about these people who have this sense of chronic dissatisfaction. So if you're that person, then the question is, how do you stop feeling chronically dissatisfied? You need to have those difficult conversations, even if they're with yourself, right? You, you must. 
Otherwise, you just continue to experience that sense of chronic dissatisfaction. So you can choose. You can choose to live a lifetime like that, or you can say, okay, I'm going to have a a period of time where I'm ready to do some confronting. Mm -hmm. And by the way, not all confronting is painful. Not all confronting is horrible, terrible, and awful. Some confronting is delightfully pleasant, Mm. right? Some of the discoveries you make are truly joyful discoveries. And the whole entire, I'll tell you what my mission statement is, because I think this is very interesting. Yes, we coach executives. Yes, we help their businesses grow. Yes, we help them increase their productivity. But our mission statement is to help people live lives with greater peace, ease, exhilaration, fulfillment, and joy. Mm. That's our mission statement. So yes, it gets hard for a bit, but what's the ultimate goal to get to a place where you're more at ease with your life, where you are going to where you want to go to without so much friction and struggle and internal battle. So yeah, okay, it's temporarily difficult. What's the alternative, right? Well, and it's it's short term in my experience. So I've heard of that paradigm where you go from unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence. And that that stage where you actually start to see how you're being in the world, the patterns that you're employing over and over again, the thoughts, the beliefs, it's not a great stage to be in because it's, you feel that sort of like, ick of like, Ooh, I don't like this. And yet when we talk about propelling growth and transcending past any of those ceilings that we've, we've maybe put in place, it's really the only way through it is this awareness. So, so tell me a little bit about, yes, there's this exploration. There's this understanding. I get to know myself better. I see my patterns and part of that might not feel good. And some of it might feel amazing. But what's next? Connect the dots for me on how that actually propels growth and more success and maybe financial abundance. So so you said something just now, unconscious incompetence. When I'm incompetent, I know I'm, in, it's not that I know I'm incompetent, but I know I'm not getting to where I want to get, get mm-hmm. to. I know I'm not getting the results, but I don't know why. I don't know. Like, how do I change this? I try doing all of these things, but my actions don't lead to the results I'm looking for, right? So. I have this area of unconsciousness. And then what was the next step? Conscious incompetence. When I become conscious, now I have the power to change. Hmm. Now I have the power to make decisions. Now I have the power to choose. And that is why this is so important. Because if I don't have consciousness, I have no power. Mm -hmm. I have no power. I can't choose. I just keep stumbling about trying different things, hoping something will work. And that's why this conversation is so important. It's about making a decision to say, okay, like, yeah, you know, unconsciousness might be easier, but it really isn't because I'm not achieving the the outcomes I'm looking for. So I'm willing to go through this, this period of discomfort to become conscious so that now I have the power to choose. What's my next move? What's my next step? What role did I play? Or do I play in this circumstance, in this situation? And if I play that role, what role do I prefer to play? What's better for me? What makes more sense for me? And so the whole idea is to turn on a light, Mm -hmm. right? So it's to turn on the light to say, okay, now I understand why this is the way it is. And if I don't like the way it is, then I now have the option, the choice to change some things around. 
The problem is most people don't give themselves the opportunity to get to become conscious. Mm. So how does consciousness lead to outcomes? That was your question Mm -hmm. is because now, right now I can move things around. Now I can take full responsibility for my part in things, right? You only have control over three things. You have control over the way you think, the way you feel, and the way you behave. That's it. You don't have control over your children. You think you do, but that's a lie. You don't have control over your spouse. You don't have control over your employees. You don't have control over the weather or politics or anything. You don't have control. Let's call it what it is. You don't have control. You have control over three things. And the goal is for you to take control over these three things. And you cannot take control of these three things if you're not conscious of them. So the idea is take control over what you can control. And once you do have control over these three things, everything around you starts to shift. Mm, I love it. I think of it like wielding yourself, right? Like we, we have this set of tools or this, you know, this weaponry, this arsenal of like the best of ourselves or, or the things that are, that maybe just aren't quite as developed. And through coaching, we start to actually have more agency. We like, we wield ourselves. We have a, we're now a willing and able and conscious participant in the creating that we were already doing. We're always creating, but now we're actually doing it on purpose with some real deliberateness. Exactly. Exactly. That That's perfect. We are now consciously creating what we want instead of stumbling about creating and then going, how did I get here? Yeah. This is not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we talked about a little bit of this, this sort of conscious incompetence, the ick, kind of ick of that. But, you know, I think a better word is just edge, right? Like we start to realize that we're coming up against the edge of our potential, of our ability, of our skill level, of our awareness. And why would doing that with a coach be a good idea? Like not on your own, but with, through the support of this extraordinary relationship to use your language. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it's very hard to see by yourself that edge. It's hard to understand how you might be getting in your own way. It's hard to see. It's hard to capture. It's hard to label. It's hard to discuss. It's Right? It's hard to get. And so a coach helps you understand it with greater clarity. A coach helps you really understand, again, I keep talking about this relationship between your thoughts, your beliefs, and the actions you take as a result, and then the outcomes you're getting. So a coach helps you understand. But then there's another component is that a coach helps you sort through it. A coach helps you decide what to do next. A coach helps you process this fact that you're the one creating the pain, the struggle that you're experiencing. And that's very important because processing that by yourself is hard and it's depressing. Mm -hmm. And confronting and uncomfortable. All all of those things. But it can lead you down a path that takes you even further away from where you really want to be. And so what does the coach do? Coach helps you see. And then the coach helps you process. And then the coach helps you make decisions. And all of those three steps, I should write those down because I've never said that before, right? All of those three steps takes you to a whole new place, the place where you want to be. Mm. Yeah. You said something really key there. 
And that is process. So yes, uh, you were speaking it in terms of like you process your life experience, but that coaching is a process. So unlike I just have a random thought in the car, maybe I shouldn't have talked to my employee like that, or I, you know, go away on a yoga retreat and I have a couple of, you know, insights and awarenesses, but I would like place that under the category of like sort of phenomenon, right? Like that I'm not, I'm not actually needing to be actionable on those things. I'm not integrating necessarily. I'm not taking that and applying it directly to my life starting Monday morning. But coaching is a process. It's a very deliberate journey that two people are on together. I wonder if you would just share a little bit more about that. Well, like when we coach people, we use a framework. And that framework has a set of principles. That framework has a set of concepts. That framework has a point of view, you could say, a philosophy. And that philosophy is very useful for helping an individual understand the friction that they're experiencing in the world, whether that friction is internal or with somebody else. And that framework allows them to make healthy decisions, enabling them to move forward at a very, very fast rate. And so, you know, Part of the process, and we haven't really talked about the process we use for coaching, but that's okay. Oh, no, I'm sure we'll get there. Oh, that's actually my next question. Yeah. yeah we'll yeah. get there. We'll yeah. get there. Right. But it's very important that the framework supports the individual in understanding why they're having this internal battle or external battle and then figuring out how to move forward from there. Mm-hmm. What do I do with it? I don't want to stay here. I don't like this battle. It doesn't feel good. You know, I hate that I hate my job. I hate that I hate my boss. I hate that, you know, my company isn't as successful as I want it to be. I hate that I'm overweight. I hate, you know, all of those battles. How do we get from there to a new place? Mm -hmm. And that is where the framework comes into play. And that's where the, the coach offers the framework appropriately. Yeah. So let's, let's dive into your framework. You know, if you have a very intentional and well-articulated philosophy that you apply to your yeah. coaching, let's hear about it. And I'd also love to talk about the four P's. You and I were talking about that a few months ago. And I think that that's a really important aspect to share. Okay. So I think that there are certain things, certain elements that need to be in place for coaching to be effective. You know, let's talk about some of those elements. Number one is If you and I are working together, it's important that we have a high level of trust. You must trust me in order to make progress. If you don't trust me, then you put your anchor in the waters and you're like, I'm not moving. I'm not budging. I don't trust you. I'm not going. So how does trust get established? So number one is we must have a high frequency of contact. Because if I only talk to you once in a while, you're like, I don't know what she's thinking in between, you know. So that frequency of contact is very important. Number two is depth of contact, right? So when I talk to you and if I'm just skimming, you're like, well, she doesn't really know me. She doesn't really get me. She doesn't, you know, she's hearing this, but she's not really understanding what's underneath it. And if you don't feel like I know you, you're not going to trust me, right? So, so frequency, depth, those two are very important. The more frequently we talk and the deeper we go, the stronger our bond. So when I look at coaching, I think about it like this. We're in a boat together and we're both rowing. And by the way, I'm here to take you on a journey, but I'm in the boat with you. So guess what happens to me? I get somewhere new too, right? So every journey I choose to take with a client, that means I'm inviting myself into a new experience 
and into a new destination as well. So just as much as I am impacting my client, my client is impacting me. So I choose selectively. I choose carefully who I want to work with and why. Because I know that this relationship will leave a mark. And so I'm choosing my marks, right? So if depth and frequency are both important, how to achieve that? Well, from my standpoint as a coach, how do I get to know you? I need data points. I need a lot of data points. If I have a call with you once a week, that's one data point once a week. And I have a conversation. And usually what does that conversation sound like? So what happened last week? Mm. And it's more of a fill in the blanks, right? Like update me. That's fine. But where does coaching happen? So what do we do when we coach individuals? We front load our coaching. What does front load mean? It means we work with a highly driven population. They're not patient. They want results fast, right? They don't want to just sit here dilly-dallying around waiting a year for something magical to take place. We want something magical to take place fast. So we front load the experience. What does that mean? We assign our clients to a coach. They have an orientation call where they get to know each other. And then they begin their coaching experience. They have a call once a week for the first 10 weeks. Usually executives go a lot longer than 10 weeks, but it's those first 10 weeks that lay the foundation for what's to happen next. So there's a call every week. We record every call. Why do we record every call? So that that executive, that entrepreneur, that leader can listen to their recordings and hear themselves speak. They can hear what they're saying, how they're saying, their intonation. They could hear the stories they're telling. They could hear when they're checked out, when they're tuned in, when they're frustrated, when they're lit up. They can start to learn and observe how they show up in the world and start to pay attention to how they're communicating, what they're communicating. So it's a really, it's a surge of self-awareness that takes place when they're listening to themselves. And in between every call, we ask our clients to journal in a private and secure online journal every single day, even on the weekends, even on vacation, even on holidays. So at the beginning of the week, they get a journaling question or a prompt, they start journaling. And every time they journal, which is daily, their coach reads and responds to their journal by asking more questions, by digging deeper, by probing, by challenging, by encouraging, by doing all the things that a coach does. But why is this taking place? Well, number one, you're expressing yourself to me daily. When you do that and I receive it and I hear it and I inquire, we're building that intimate relationship. The second thing is I'm getting a lot of data. That data is helping me to understand how you think, how you operate in all segments of your world. That enables me to coach you more effectively and faster, right? So now we're building that trust together and I am able to use the data appropriately to effectively take you to where you want to go. It's very powerful. Yeah. And the words that were coming up for me as well as like robust, you know, you talked about depth, but it's just so like, it's just all encompassing, right? Being able to be in contact with your coach on on a daily basis means that all of the stuff that's coming up, not just the highlights, you know, I'm not going to just give you the highlight reel when we talk on Thursday, right? You got to know about the thing I was annoyed about on Tuesday morning that I was like already quote unquote over by the time Thursday came around, but it mattered. It mattered that, and maybe it matters why I got over it so quickly. You know, what's that all about? What are the patterns in there? So 
gosh, what a fascinating process it must be to go through this pattern finding, you know, this insight gathering, this sort of data collecting. You you and your coaches much must, must feel a little bit like I don't know, researchers or scientists, like, you know, being able to just collect all of these insights from someone. Would you speak a little bit to how people feel about the process of journaling on a daily basis? Do you get a lot of pushback? And then how do people kind of come around to it? Part of the reason they choose us is because of that intensity, Mm. because they know that their coach is with them day in and day out. That is why they choose us. Most of the clients are happy to journal. Most of the clients are relieved to journal, Hmm. not only relieved to journal, relieved to put down their thoughts, but really appreciate the presence with which our coaches show up, right? Like imagine you're journaling every day and every day your coach is there, right? Your coach is there just as much as you, if not more, right? So where do you find that? To me, that extraordinary, that relationship is so unique, so special, And it's that relationship that enables the client to move forward so quickly, so easily. Mm. But you asked the question before, do we feel like scientists? Not at all. What we feel like is we feel like we're extracting people's stories. Mm. And as we get those stories, we feel like we are part of helping a person change the storyline. Right. So a person maybe has lived for a great chunk of their lives feeling like they're in at war, in a battle, fighting for everything they ever got in life. And maybe what we do is we say, hey, put down your gun, put down your sword. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Right. How do you move forward from that? So what I'm really saying is that people have stories they tell about themselves. Some of those stories are magnificent. Some of those stories simply don't serve them anymore. And so what what we do is we take part in helping a person craft the rest of their story. Amazing. It's amazing to think that we even have the ability to do that. And yet most of us have no awareness that we have the ability. A, that we're right. our life is just the story that we're making up about our life. And B, that you could actually, with deliberateness and intention, go be the writer of that story, like on purpose. Exactly. And we're already writing the story, maybe not on paper, not with our pens, not, mm. not on, we're already telling the story of our lives. Everything that comes out of our mouths, everything we do tells the story of your life. Mm. The question is, are you telling the story that you want to live? Or are you telling the story that, well, you know, like I'm haphazardly telling the story, an unconscious story. So we, we talked about platform you know, the, Oh, the four piece, the yeah, four piece, the system that you use for the journaling. We've talked about your philosophy, we've talked about your process. And next in the next episode, we're going to talk about people. I really want to have this conversation with you about what makes a good coach and not necessarily inside of your organization, but just in general, like as you move through the world and you meet other coaches and work with other coaches, but I want to point people to your website because there's a great article on there on reasons to hire an executive coach. Actually, it's six reasons to hire an executive coach and it's at frameofmindcoaching.com and I'm going to link to that in the show notes. But for now, that was great. I just learned so much from you today and I can't wait to dive into the next topic of, of what makes a good coach and what, what people make great coaches. So great to be with you today. Amazing. Looking forward to the next one. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Everything Executive Coaching. 
For any resources or tools we spoke about in this episode, remember you can head to frameofmindcoaching.com forward slash resources, or you can click on the links in the episode show notes. Thanks for being here.